Good morning, Central Baptist Church Saints, uh, and good morning to you two who are joining us um, for this live stream. Uh, what a blessing it is to know that even during a time of, of lockdown, we can still hear the Word of God. Technology has provided us with a unique opportunity to still be able to, to, to share the Word of God and to still hear the Word of God in the comforts of our own home. But we must not mistake this with um, the local church. It is not the local church. We still long to gather together as the church. Um, we still have that longing of David when he says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. So during this time of, of the lockdown, um, we have these um, opportunities to hear the word of God, um, but they are not in any way a replacement of the local church. Um, so in, in during this time, what I want to do, I want to go through a new series that I want to do. Uh, the name of the series is Encounters with Jesus, meaning that um, I want us to look at um, how people, different people in the Bible encountered Jesus Christ and the conversations that they had with him and how we can learn uh, from those conversations and how they can be of encouragement um, and, 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 and comfort to us as we um, think about our faith um, during this, this time, um, d during this time um, of, of the lockdown. So today I want to I want to go through John chapter 3, verse 1, up until verse 16. This is the conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus Christ. And um, we see that this conversation is about the importance of being born again, the importance of being born again. John chapter 3, verse 1 to 16. Let me read from the ESV, then I'll pray, and we'll continue looking at the Word of God. John chapter 3, verse 1 to 16, this is what it says. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes, for it is with everyone who is born. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we draw near to you with joyous hearts, hearts that rejoice in your sovereign grace, hearts that rejoice in the fact that you are a God who loves and who draws um, sinners to yourself so that they can find life in you. Thank you for this word. Even as we consider it, we pray that you may speak to our lives, you may speak to our hearts, encourage us in your word, and give us joy. In the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. In commenting about John chapter 3, J.C. Riley says this. He says, The conversation between Christ and Nicodemus, which begins in these verses, is one of the most important passages in the whole of the Bible. Nowhere else do we find stronger statements about two mighty subjects, the new birth and salvation by faith in the Son of God. That the servant of Christ will do well to make himself thoroughly acquainted with this chapter. A man may be ignorant of many things in religion and yet be saved. But to be ignorant of the matters handled in this chapter is to be in the broad way that leads to destruction. Close quote. Uh, This chapter is not only relevant for those who are outside of Christ and need to be saved, but even those who are in Christ need to be reminded that we are in Christ not because of what we have done, but because of the work of God in Christ. It humbles us, it humbles any prideful boasting, and it exalts the grace of God in salvation. John chapter 3 is the answer to the hopeless condition of the world. The, The idea here is that Jesus Christ has come into the world to save us and bring us into a relationship with God. We see in these verses we just read a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. And this is by all measures the most important conversation Nicodemus is about to have. It's a conversation that is about to change the rest of his life. This is a conversation about salvation. As it turns out, we we see in these verses three life-changing truths about salvation. Three life-changing truths about salvation. The first one is the importance of salvation. We see that in verses 1 to verse 3. We are introduced in these verses to Nicodemus. He is described as a man of the Pharisees and a ruler of the Jews and the teacher of Israel. These three descriptions give us an idea that he was an important man in the community. And by the standards of first century Palestine, he was a very important man. Pharisees were highly influential Jewish leaders who were respected among the Jews. He was not only a Pharisee, but he is also described as a leader of the Jews. In other words, he was a member of the Sanhedrin, which is a court of 70 men who had influence over every Jew in the world. He, he, he set up a meeting with Jesus at night in verse 2. Uh, this could be because he didn't want 
people to see him meeting with Jesus, or he didn't want people to interrupt the conversation that he will be having with Jesus, or it could mean um, other things. But what we see here is that the fact that John is writing this um, and, and, and about, about Nicodemus meeting um, Jesus at night is not the main purpose and the portion in this portion of the Bible. We, we see it in the conversation that ensues. This man um, came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things unless um, uh, that you do unless God is with him. He pays Jesus a great compliment here. He, he says to Jesus, in other words, you're a, you, you are the real deal. You are a great teacher and your signs prove that you are truly from God. How, how do you expect Jesus Christ to respond to this compliment? How would you respond to a compliment like this? Jesus Christ, we expect him to say, why? Thank you, Nick. Um, you, you're not such a bad teacher yourself. But, but contrary to that expectation, Jesus challenges Nicodemus immediately by saying to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. He cannot see the kingdom of God. We see here that Nicodemus thought well of Christ because he thought of him as a teacher, but he did not think well of him enough. You see, Jesus Christ is more than a teacher. He, he, he informs Nicodemus here that he is Savior. And ultimately, he is the one who brings us through the Spirit, the new birth. The words that he uses here, truly, truly, um, which the King James translates as verily, verily, are Jesus' way of saying this is really, really important. If you are to pay attention to anything, this is it. He attaches great importance to, to his words. They are faithful and true. He is faithful and he is the truth. Jesus looks at Nicodemus and says to him, you must be born again. Uh, see, this is not... Uh, this is the most important thing you need to know. He's telling Nicodemus that. The, the, the word born again has the idea of being born from above. It has a sense of a total life transformation. That word, uh, unless it indicates that there are no other options of entering the kingdom of God except to be born again. You see, during this time in first century Palestine, there was a belief among the Jews that those who belong to the nation of Israel will be able to enter the kingdom of God apart from, from those of, obviously who are guilty of wickedness or, or apostasy, which is a rejection and a denial of the faith. Uh, but Jesus looks Nicodemus dead in the eye, a, a man who is highly respected, and he, who is the leader of the Jews. And he tells him that he cannot enter the kingdom of God without being born again. And Nicodemus thought he was fine. He, he thought that because of his religious background and his achievements, he didn't need any life transformation. But Jesus Christ shocks him by showing him 
that being a Pharisee or being a leader of the Jew didn't give him any advantage. He probably expected that this conversation between him and Jesus would be a conversation between teacher and teacher. But Jesus Christ turned this conversation and makes it a conversation between sinner and savior. A lot of times, um, this is the kind of attitude that many of us have when we hear the words, you must be born again. We, we think that these words should be told people who are drug addicts, who are drunkards, who are thieves and prostitutes, people who have messed up their lives, you know. We, 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 we think that these people are the people that should be hearing these words. And yes, I mean, they must hear these words and, and praise the Lord that God does not turn away um, any sinner who draws near to him in repentance. But brothers and sisters, we would be mistaken to think that we do not need it because my parents are Christians, because I go to church. Because I was born in a Christian family. Therefore, I'm okay. We would be mistaken to think like that. Jesus here does not, <laughs> does not think that we are okay. He, he says that does not make you okay. Uh, think about the testimony of Paul in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Paul includes everyone and he, see, he says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It is all, it is all that have sinned against God, that have broken the law of God, that have, uh, that have walked contrary to the will of God, that have, that have defied God with their lives, all, and fall short of the glory of God. So the most important thing that can happen to you as a man or as a woman, as a young man or as a young woman, is to be born Again, that is the most important thing uh, that can ever happen to you. And it starts with understanding your true condition, your true nature, that you're a sinner before God, that you have sinned against God and fall short of his glory. Jesus shows us here in, in his conversation with Nicodemus that everyone, everyone without exception, must be born again. Whether you are born in a Christian family or not, you must give your life to God. You must surrender your life to God. You see, this is where a walk with Jesus Christ starts. Unless we start here, we can never walk with God. We can never walk with Christ unless we surrender our lives to him, unless we are born again. So, so we see the first life-transforming truth here, the importance of salvation. That salvation is necessary and we cannot do without it. The question that follows then is how does this salvation come about? The second point answers this question. The second life-changing truth about salvation, we see the nature of salvation. The nature of salvation and we see that in verses 4 to verse 8. The word of Jesus was starting to make sense to, or it was starting to become clear to Nicodemus. And we see that in the way he responds. He, he, he responds to Jesus by saying, how can a man be born again or be born when he is old? 
The, the, the question here is with, with reference to entering a second time again in, 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 into his mother's womb and being born again. Maybe he intended, uh, uh, maybe he intended to, 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 to say it metaphorically as a reply to the ch- challenge of Jesus. He's probably saying here, um, how can an old man like him start life all over again? How is it possible for someone as old as him to start life all over again? And to clear this confusion, Jesus replies again, this time zooming in, and uh, to show what it truly means to be born again. Look at verse 5. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. When Jesus says born of water... He's not referring to water baptism as though salvation comes through being immersed in water. But born of water and the spirit refers here to the same event. They they, they point us back to the, the, the Old Testament where they are used as a symbol of spiritual cleansing and renewal. They are the, 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 these words, these two phrases are, are one phrase that refers to spiritual cleansing and renewal. They are an Old Testament allusion. And this is seen clearly in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 to verse 27, where God says through Ezekiel, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness, and from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. In other words, to be born of water and the spirit, according to Jesus Christ, is the act of God whereby a sinner is cleansed from all sin and impurity and brought to new life by the powerful and mysterious operation of the Holy Spirit. And notice here that he explains being born again by using the picture of a physical birth. In verse 6, we, we become part of a human physical family by a natural birth process. But we become part of God's family, the kingdom of God, by new birth that can only be achieved by the powerful work of God in our lives. And this should not be surprising because according to God's plan, the only way to be part of God's family is through being born again. There is no other way. And once again, Jesus repeats his point by showing how God is in total control in the spiritual birth or in the spiritual birth process or salvation. He, he compares it to the working of, of wind, which blows where it wishes. In other words, this tells us that it is not influenced by something that we do for ourselves. It is the powerful unseen work of God in the human heart that results in clear changes. He says you hear it, it's wind, talking about, you hear it's sound, talking about the wind, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. Everyone who is, who is born of the Spirit is not born of the Spirit out of their own doing. It is the will of God. It is God who is working in their lives. And again, another thing about people who are born in the Spirit 
is that they experience a complete life change. You see, one of the the clearest markers, one of the clearest indication, although it is not the only one, one of the clearest indication of of of, of someone who is truly born again is a changed life. A life that once dishonored and disregarded God is now a life that honors and regards God. A, a, a new life that loves the things that God loves and hates the things that God hates. It is a life that is truly transformed, that is truly changed. So we see here the nature of salvation. That it is not, only, it is not by the will of man, but by the will of God. It is God who brings it about. Thirdly, we see here uh, the, the third life-transforming life truth, the basis of salvation, the basis of salvation. And we see that in verse 14 to verse 16. Uh, the question that should interest us when we discover that we cannot save ourselves then is, where does salvation come from? Uh, this is the same question Nicodemus asked in verse 9. How can these things be? In verse 14 and verse 15, Jesus takes him back to an event that happened in, in Numbers chapter 21, verse 5 and verse, to verse 9, where, where the people of Israel were attacked by venomous snakes because of their sin against God. And God instructed Moses to shape a bronze serpent and hold it up so that those who looked upon it were saved from death. Jesus says that in the same way, he, he, as the Son of Man, must be lifted up so that everyone who looks to him and believe in him for eternal life, they will have eternal life. You see, this statement has a direct reference to Jesus Christ being lifted up on the cross and lifted up at the right hand of God following his resurrection. The promise that Jesus makes here is that whoever looks to him in faith as the one who died for sin on the cross and rose again from the dead, will truly experience eternal life. Uh, This life is the life that believers enjoy because of their union with Christ. It is new life. It is life that is eternal. It is life of a different quality. It is life in abundance. Now, Now in verse 16, Nicodemus is challenged by with the reality that the doors of heaven are not opened just for the Jews, but uh, but to all who place their faith in Christ. You see, salvation is not exclusively something that is for the Jews, but, but it is something that is opened. In verse 16, he uses the word world there to refer to the world, not to refer to the world of um, the Jews and Gentiles, to all who trust that um, what he accomplished on the cross is enough to, to bring them to a lifelong relationship with God, to, to give them a new identity and a new life in him. We, we, we can also see from this verse that the mission of Christ to live, die, and rise again is motivated by God's love. It is motivated by the amazing love of God for unworthy sinners like you and me. 
by world here, he's referring to people in the world, people who are, who are living lives in rebellion against God, not just Jews, but also Jews and Gentiles. But, but, but God chose to show us love when we were rebelling against him. God responded to us in a way we did not, uh, uh, we, we did not, um, we did not expect, we, we, we did not deserve. God responds to us in a way that we don't deserve. Instead of responding in wrath, he responds in grace. He chose us. He chose to love us when we, were, when we least deserved it and sent his son into the world. Uh, there's a wonderful promise here that follows that whoever believes in him, should not die, but have eternal life. In other words, believing in him starts with recognizing that I am a sinner who deserves to be judged. Because of my sin, I cannot do anything to save myself. But, but God has done something when I could not do anything for myself. He sent his son to take my sin upon himself so that I can be saved. God has displayed his love in this way, that when we were still sinners, Christ died for us, as Romans chapter 5 verse 8 tells us. It's a conversation that changes the life of Nicodemus. It's a conversation, this conversation as we look in hindsight, is a conversation that has truly even changed our lives. That The fact that Christ has come into the world, to give his life as a ransom for our salvation, for our sake. We can look back and rejoice at what Christ has done for us. We can look back and be humbled that truly Christ has done this, not because of anything in me, not because I was born in a particular family, in a particular lineage, uh, in a particular background or um, of a particular uh, nationality, but only because God is full of grace. And you as well, my friend, if you are watching and, and, and you, you, you do not know God, you, you do not know Christ, the doors of salvation are wide open for you. And he calls you to himself because he has provided a way for, this, for, 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 for the salvation of your soul only in Christ. He calls you to himself to believe in him because he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place so that when we believe in him, we have eternal life. We, we do not perish eternally. What, what John chapter 3 does, um, what, 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 what the Apostle Paul is doing here um, with, with the, these this passages as we, 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 we consider them, he wants to show us three things that I think are very important. First of all, he shows us that everyone is equal at the foot of the cross. The, the, the world usually classifies itself in different categories. There are those who are rich and there are the poor. There are black people and there are white people, coloreds and Indians and so on and so forth. But before God, all people are in the same category. Whether you are living in an affluent suburb or in a poor 
township before God, all must be born again. There are no exceptions. Secondly, it shows us here that no one can save himself or herself. That there is no hope. We, we do not look inside ourselves for salvation. We look outside ourselves to Christ who died for our sins on the cross, who was buried and who rose again for our justification so that we be made, we, we be made right with God. And thirdly, good news for sinners. The good news is that God did not send his son into the world into the world of people that are doing all right or, 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 or people who just need a little boost or motivation to do better, but to a world of people that are sinners and need to be saved. We, 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 we can consider this passage and, and rejoice that God has done something for the salvation of our souls. It is only in, 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 in trusting him, in running to him, that we can be saved. May God bless you as you consider this truth on this lost day. Amen.